0: Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Learning Exchange. On this episode, let's talk about making learning memorable. Now, it may sound obvious, but I think it still needs to be said. To capture our audience's attention and increase the level of knowledge that transfers, it is more important than ever to ensure that the learning we create invokes a memorable connection during the learning process for our learners. It's not enough just to check the boxes and have all the right content, but the content has to be arranged in a way that makes it stick. When we create a memorable learning experience, we are connecting the learner to the content through an emotion. Um, Oftentimes, this is done by invoking one or more of the senses at the same time. And this can be done in a variety of ways. Um, If we're talking about virtual or even in-person learning, you've got things like uh, the clothes that you wear when you're presenting or visible to your learners. Maybe it's your background that uh, kind of creates that moment or spark of connection. Maybe it is um, a hidden trivia, a little kind of nuggets or Easter eggs that you bake into some of your learning in in a self-paced environment. Uh, or looking for ways to create these interactive experiences that, again, really activate one or more of the senses. When we do it right, it leaves a lasting impression that's going to keep your learners wanting to come back for more. Now, I know that we can't always do this because sometimes we have things like compliance training and it's just really hard to make that fun and, and emotional other than people tapping into the emotion of how much they don't like it. Um, but we have to find ways to keep them wanting to come back for more. And by seeding things in your learning, uh, occasionally they see this, they see that, and and it starts to stick and creates this desire to come back and see what else is happening, what new might you be doing. When we do all of that right, we start to see that it's going to increase the likelihood of engagement. So now we talk about people's willingness to want to show up and learn. If you can increase that, they show up because they want to. There's an open heart and an open mind. They're going to learn more. And oftentimes, they're going to learn more with less effort. So how do we get there? Well, there are about a million different tactics and ideas that you could bring together that would really help you. But for me, today, just in the spirit of a podcast and keeping it somewhat brief, there's two big buckets of activity that I like to focus on in my own journey. The first is finding ways to have fun in the learning process, both as the person who is responsible for creating the learning, but also I kind of want to take the things that I build. So, right, I want to create fun for somebody that's on the other side of it. And then always looking for ways to, to kind of involve my learners early and often in the process, not just at the point of taking the training. So when we think about finding ways to have fun in the process, fun is going to be relative. Uh, It's gonna be relative to your audience, relative to your company culture and what fun means in that context. But I think at its core, looking for ways to constantly bring in interactions that keep it fresh. Finding ways to leverage the technology that you have, while still maintaining a human element. So this could be uh, interactions and quizzes and games. It could be uh, breakout rooms or uh, collaboration experiences. Whether we're thinking in virtual or in-person learning, uh, maybe in a self-paced environment, we change it up by uh, the the methods for which we validate or check for knowledge retention along the way. Maybe think about bringing in some thought-provoking questions that force the internalization of the content. Ask a question that that forces your learners to really connect to something on an emotional level from their own personal past, right? Like a generic question that's very thought-provoking, but it asks for the learner to take action in a way that connects to something for them specifically and then build on that. Uh, something unexpected can always enhance the experience as well. Um, I know, for me personally, uh, our culture is one that we we like to have a lot of fun, and so from time to time, I might show up in a virtual training with different color hair. Uh, I might have decided to put some paint on my face for fun. Maybe I have some really fun shirts that I pull in, or uh, in some cases, I'm constantly moving things around in my background, uh, whether I am showcasing my live background that you see now, or whether I'm doing it through uh, virtual backgrounds, keeping it fun. Um, That unexpected twist, again, kind of creates that desire to come back because now, in addition to uh, looking at trying to figure out what might be different, what might be unexpected this time, while they're doing that, they're going to be listening and hearing things that will seep in. Also, trying to find ways to make learning just a part of their day. Anytime we have to disrupt what's happening and uh, rather abruptly disrupt things to go transition into a learning activity, whether it's uh, compliance or fun, uh, can be jarring and can create a negative experience. I think a lot of times employees think about learning as something that is separate from their job. Like I have to stop doing my job so I can go do some sort of training and then I can come back to do my job. So We should find ways to really make it fit naturally into their day. And then also, I think, you know, as as learning and development professionals, we have a pretty unique opportunity to create a safe place through our learning activities for people to take risks. We can create a space for them to actually be encouraged to take right swing, swing, for the fences, take really big risks and make mistakes, and then learn from the mistakes. Uh, there are a lot of ways that we can do this, and that's really powerful. Uh, if I feel like the the pressure is not on to be perfect all the time, and I feel like it's okay if I make a mistake, so long as I learn from the mistake, um, we turn that negative into a positive, and it creates a much deeper connection to the learning in that moment. Now. When it comes to involving others in the process, uh, this is something that can be a game changer. And I think too often uh, we maybe get to moving too fast or we don't stop and look for the opportunities to involve people really early in the design process, even in the analysis process. Uh, when people get involved in the process or when people know that a peer of theirs is involved that actually representing them, representing the collective with with a a unique voice that is not an executive. It's not a leader or necessarily uh, my manager saying what they think I might feel, but actually getting all parts of the business involved, you change everything. You change the expectation. You change the level of commitment and you ultimately change the level of engagement. Now, you can involve people in something like the needs analysis. Let's diagnose the problem. Maybe you were uh, handed a project or you were tapped on and said, hey, I need you to go and build training for X. Before you dive into just building, maybe find a way to pulse survey the organization, uh, whether it's a small focus group, whether it's a broad enterprise-wide survey. Find a way to get the uh, temperature of the population and really understand how they view the problem. Also, get them involved early and often during the content review process and the testing process. It helps to really make sure that they see themselves in the training, that they see their thoughts, their ideas, their opinions, their values reflected in the training. It makes them feel heard. I think we can always try to find pathways to encourage and receive feedback from the audience. Way more than the traditional things that I think a lot of us think about and kind of stop, which is, did you like this course? Did you learn something that you can apply back to your job? Um, Really give permission for good, honest feedback. Try to understand whether or not the things you're doing look and feel like them. Does it have the right aesthetic? Does it have the right tone and voice? Are the interactions valuable? And do they add? value to the learning. Sometimes when we open the door for this kind of feedback, we're going to we're going to get some things we maybe don't like to hear. They're going to tell us that it's not great. We think it was the best thing ever <laughs> and then we we actually get real valid feedback that tells us, mm, "Nope, maybe the content itself is good, but the way it's assembled, the look and feel, the tone, the way it's really brought together just slightly misses the mark." I know it hurts to hear that kind of feedback, but it's really valuable. And it can go a long way toward changing how much people engage and ultimately how much learning takes place. And the last note is when we open this door and this gateway for feedback, again, something that I think might be obvious to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it needs to be said. Open the door for feedback, for true, honest feedback, but do it with a plan and a commitment to take action. There is nothing worse than asking for someone's feedback and then doing nothing about it. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to take action on every single piece of feedback. Just because someone doesn't like the button that's blue doesn't mean you have to go change the blue button, but you do need to be able to follow up and signal to the people providing feedback that their feedback was heard and that it was considered. And whether or not it actually turned into action that they can see, whether or not you take that feedback and you apply it isn't the issue. It's not the focus. It's making sure that you close that loop, making sure to say, we heard you, we talked about it. And while it didn't make sense for us to make that change, it didn't really, in the context of this learning activity, it didn't make sense to change that button to blue. But you did give us something really valuable to consider that we will take into account as we go forward. So again, have fun, involve people, and make it memorable. <laughs>